to episode 69 of Going Upstairs, the Open Up Cricket podcast. This is another delve into the pre-season series episodes that were recorded back in February and March of this year. And the guest on this one is Phoebe Graham, and she's got a really interesting story to tell about how she's emerged into professional cricket at a relatively late age so the themes that we discuss are very much related to that we think about the idea of embracing challenges perseverance and finding your own way and there's a lovely mix here of things that are connected to well-being in a number of different ways for you to get your teeth into hope you enjoy it Okay, right. Well, I think the the first thing uh, that I'll ask is around that thing that I had on the the slide about embracing challenges. So the the question is, what was it that that gave you the confidence or the push to force yourself so far outside of a comfort zone to make the move to to enter professional cricket uh, in your late 20s rather than what would be the conventional route of people having done it earlier and if they hadn't had decided that it just wasn't going to happen? Yeah, definitely. Well, I think the first reason behind it was because of the funding from the England English Cricket Board. So the ECB invested £20 million in women's cricket over the space of five years and it meant that 40 new domestic contracts were introduced. So I think that change in investment and opportunity in the women's game made me think very differently about career opportunities. So when it was the summer competition, the Rachel Hayhoe Flint competition, that was almost my transition period to trial out whilst working full time. How does it feel to be a part time athlete? And is it something that I want to really focus on and embrace all my time and energy so that the opportunity come came at the end of the season to be a professional athlete so it's definitely something that's probably been something that I've dreamt about for years but with the opportunity only just coming about I think it was a year ago they announced the funding it's only just felt like a reality that could potentially happen so I stepped out of my comfort zone by just putting my focus and dedication into cricket and really driving all my energy in that professional arena but yeah it's all very new to me at the moment and definitely a steep learning curve yeah well it's fantastic to hear that the extra funding has provided that motivation and with the passage of time as more funding becomes available and and more contracts are able to be given then that would be brilliant if that was replicated with more people in similar positions to yours who feel that it is an option to be able to to pursue from that. So as you're preparing for this season uh, coming up, what is it that you you do to, to help yourself adapt mentally to this idea of doing it for a living rather than part-time, seriously enough, but not having as much riding on it? So I think one of the biggest adaptions has been really trusting the process and trusting the training plan that the experts are putting in place for me. So 
it's the first time I've had a strength and conditioning coach, a bowling coach, a batting coach, a nutritionist. And so everything's very, very new for me. But the fact that I can do it three or four times a week means that I don't need to get my absolute all out of maybe one session every two weeks. I can really take it as stepping stepping stones and focusing on each session as it comes. And I think that's probably the mindset that I'm going to take into the season is taking each game as it comes. Because if you think ahead of that it does become quite overwhelming because you think if I get an injury or if anything happens what does that mean from the new career that I've entered so I'm just trying to take it day by day and step by step and I'm going to take that approach going into the season so I just focus on the game in front of me versus what a potential career could be um, going into I don't know the hundred international if you can make those next steps how did you find the balance previously then between having to work full time but also working really hard on your game to get yourself in the position to have this kind of opportunity it was really difficult because it was a case of being able to switch on and off really easily and when I'd be going to training often I'd have just finished a a zoom meeting And so you've got the actions running through your head, but actually now you're entering the cricket space and you need to be ready to field or ready to bat or bowl. So that's been the big, that was the most challenging transition was almost transitioning from corporate Phoebe to cricket Phoebe within 15, 20 minutes. And it happens when you're working nine to five and you go to the gym, you go to the gym to switch off and then enjoy your evening. But the cricket was a high performance environment. So you were going from one high performance to another high performance environment, which was quite, I found really difficult to switch on and off between the two. Um, so that's been the biggest challenge and transition for me is just that figuring out how you switch on and off. Um, and that's since becoming full-time professional that's alleviated a lot of headspace for me to actually just focus on being the best possible athlete what did help to be able to go between the the two it sounds really really challenging and a lot of uh, rushing around both physically and and mentally but what did you put in place to, to have deal with that so often one of the mechanics that i try and implement is to-do lists or what do I need to do when I get back to my desk so that you can almost shut down your laptop and finish what you're doing within this room and then you go onto the cricket pitch and know what your focuses there are Um, and if I'm going in between games I'd have music on so that I could almost just shut down and then re-enter another space Um, it's never good when things are whirlwind round your brain but sometimes it's really difficult to control that but if you can write things down shut it off that almost is like a physical thing that you can do to almost um re-enter or approach that in two hours time if that's what you know you need to do so yeah that's definitely something that I did to try and stop myself from thinking about work and then I could enter into the playing or fielding space but it's it's an ongoing challenge because you your passion your heart is in your cricket or whatever your sport is versus your day job which is bringing the money in so you've got to really 
be it's a it's a tough balancing act but you somehow figure it out I don't know how (laughs) yeah yeah a lot of trial and error isn't it like everything we everything we do um the experiences of having to to juggle a lot of things then can be transferred into the the professional game from, from what you're saying there about some of those skills of switching on and off um, within that. Now, in, in terms of perseverance, um, what what has been there within you that's been been able to help keep you going to get to uh, the, the point where you're at, at now, having had, I'm sure like everyone, a set of setbacks that have been along the way? I think for me, it's been my enjoyment of the game and... I'd say that was that's the first and foremost reason as to why I've been so resilient within cricket and potentially within my um, personal life as well. So I took a break for the game from the game for two years in 2015 when my father passed away because he was very influential with me and cricket. But it was I was missing a part of me, which was definitely that enjoyment for cricket. And I think having that break enabled me to find the hunger back for the game and I think that's why I'm so eager to learn at 29 versus maybe I might not have been as hungry for the game if these had come around earlier in my 20s so I think it depends on the stage and the journey that you're on but I think that break from the game actually really helped me and because there's so much to learn about my game and so many expert coaches in our field at the moment I just find it so fascinating how you can become the best possible athlete um, and applying that perseverance and resilience to know that if you've had a bad net that doesn't mean you've made the wrong choice in life it means that tomorrow's a new day. How much does it help having a frame of reference that's outside of cricket because there'll be a lot of those players who are, who are accompanying you in this new phase of women's cricket who will have been on a pathway from a, a young age and the idea of being a, pro- a professional will have been very much at the, f- the front of their mind and their career planning because you've come at it from a different perspective is that something which helps you to be able to to, to deal with those setbacks because you've got a different way of looking at it I think so yeah because I think what I guess what I've got in my advantage now is a seven years career in marketing so you've almost got a backup plan if cricket doesn't work now I don't want to go back to marketing I want to keep progressing with my cricket but I suppose there is a level of reassurance that that is something that I can turn my hand to I think it's something that all cricketers need to think about men and women though in terms of your cricket career or your athletic career can only last so long. So what is it that you enjoy outside of cricket to develop your game, whether it's coaching, whether it's languages, arts, so that you've got something that you can identify yourself with outside of cricket. So at the moment, I'm doing a lot of work on a platform called Tip and Flip to help um talk about gender equality in sport and believing in greater opportunities for female athletes and that's something that I'm finding really interesting to read about outside of my training so I think it's just having that something else to think about um, so that you don't just identify yourself as a cricketer you've got other things happening so yeah I guess I'm in a fortunate position with a 
maybe a stronger backup plan, but no one really wants to go to the backup plan, I think, once you enter into this field. Yeah, I remember something, I think, I think it was John Barnes, funnily enough, uh, probably a couple of decades ago now, that he he had the opportunity to pursue another career. I think I've got the right example. It might not be him. But um, there was an opportunity for another career. And his view was because he could have done something else but chose, in his case, football, that made his will to succeed that much stronger because it wasn't the only option uh, that was there. So I, I guess that would be something that, that, that rings true with your experience as well. Yeah, just taking every opportunity possible in terms of learning, development. And I do really feel like I've chosen this path. So I want to make the most of everything that's available to me, whether it's sports psychologists, nutritionists, so that I can embrace every opportunity rather than take it for granted. And I think because the opportunity has only come about in my late 20s as well, I am feeling very privileged that I'm in this position. Um, whereas if there was a structure in place since I was 12 years old, I might think, well, that is just what people do. Whereas it feels like a real novelty that I can dedicate Monday to Friday to cricket and think like an athlete. Because when I was a kid, there wasn't an England women's team on TV and I didn't see any role models. So I never, ever thought this was a potential career. So it almost feels... Um, yeah, it feels like a really strong choice, but also just quite unreal, like feels, yeah, quite surreal as well at the same time. Mm-hmm. I think there's there's certainly a sense at the moment that we're, there is a, a change or, and, and hopefully one which continues and gathers pace in terms of how much not only financial investment there is, but how much interest and support and coverage there is for for women's cricket and I think what I'd be interested to hear from you is how you navigated and and worked your way through the barriers that that must have existed for you in in just simply playing the sport um at, in your in your formative years because I I find that always difficult to, to see the perspective because there was no barriers for, for me as a young boy being able to play cricket very much encouraged and we're not too far apart in age. I'm a bit older, a bit older than you, but I can imagine it being a different experience for you, despite the, the family link to cricket. Yeah, I think the biggest difference is the opportunities to play in female teams. So our Sunday league team, an away match was in Birmingham or Staffordshire, um, which is three, four hour drive away in your local Sunday Premier League. So. That was challenging in itself because you've got to dedicate a lot of time and petrol money and dedication in order to play to the best standard of league cricket to then be open to opportunities in the county field. But the way that I really developed as a junior was playing boys and men's cricket. So it's probably one of the only sports um, alongside maybe golf and a few others that you can actually play in a mixed team. And that really tested my capabilities and put me in an environment where I had to hold my own um, in a male-dominated environment. And it really tested my character, but I really, really enjoyed it. And I think because I could hold my own 
my teammates respected me as one of them, which I think um, was just brilliant. So, yeah, I was able to develop my game through boys and men's cricket, but the setback was that there wasn't the same opportunities in women's cricket and you often had to travel up and down the country in order to get the competitive games because there was lack of participation um, across the UK, which, like you said, is changing and it's going in a really positive direction so hopefully for young girls growing up they can travel 10 minutes down the road to get a competitive game of cricket versus four hours mm. and, and I think with with sports cricket being the prime example for, for people like us who love it love it so much it offers so many things which are beneficial to our health and well-being that any opportunity to give anyone who's interested in playing needs to be the, the priority for any governing body or for, for a county board to get people to, to, to engage with it and see all of the, the benefits from that. Now, linked to that, what have you found in terms of your, your cricketing experiences and career that, that have been the, the key mental skills that you found you've you've developed through this whole process? I think the, where I've developed my game the most has been the past summer and the Rachel Hayhoe Flint competition. Um, I had a good county season the season before. But I think the way that I've developed it is by focusing game by game and taking quite a similar approach that I took in the business world in having one or two messages that I was going to land in a meeting by having one or two focus areas with my batting or my bowling or my fielding. And it's really helped having Courtney Winfield, Hill, Dan Hazel as coaches who really do help you focus on one or two things rather than trying to overcomplicate the game. So I think by simplifying it and focusing game by game, that's what's really helped progress my game over the past six months yeah and I think with this um it's quite clear that you're you are someone who's used to doing things your way uh, and not necessarily conforming to what might be be the, the the defaults elsewhere so what is it within your approach to cricket I guess life that allows you to be confident to say I'm doing it how I think rather than how I might be in t told whether explicitly or implied to do it um it's a very interesting question I think for me I've just always taken the opportunities that are in front of me and tried to figure out where my focus is so before my focus had to be my career because cricket wasn't available to me so it was county and play county cricket and have a career. Whereas when that switch happened, I guess that's when I booked the trend of what the norm was and had the confidence in myself and my ability. So I've always felt like that being a good cricketer, but haven't had the or haven't had the time to dedicate my time to my skills and my abilities. So I guess my confidence was in I think I've got enough about me that if I dedicate my time over four or five months, I can bring my game on in a way that will hopefully make me a better cricketer. Um, so I've just had a lot of faith in myself and belief that 
it's the right choice and it's something that I really enjoy. So even if it doesn't transpire into me becoming the best cricketer or taking lots of wickets, I'll enjoy it. And that's one of the main things that I've been thinking about. Yes, I've got confidence in my own ability, but as long as I enjoy it, then that is the big tick in terms of the reason why I did, I've booked the norms of going stay, sticking down the business route and trying to play on the side or yeah Mm. it does seem like your resilience is best developed and best maintained through what is simply a love of the game yeah most definitely like the enjoyment is what I turn out for day in day out and I yeah I think that's where my resilience comes from and that's why I've played for so many years um, and yeah, I'm just embracing every opportunity and believe that I've, I've, it's an opportunity that's come at a time where I don't have any other commitments like house or family. So I can spend more time on focusing on me and developing me as an athlete. Mm. And that curiosity that you, you refer to in terms of, I guess, being almost sponge-like in wanting to take in things from, from nutrition, from batting coaches, bowling coaches, um, and so on the psychology or the psychological aspects of the game what is it that you you do and you you engage with inside the game from that perspective so you're looking at what your psychological barriers are to perform so for example with me one of them has been trusting my ability and also dealing with imposter syndrome so at 29, I find it quite difficult still to say I'm a professional cricketer because it's so new. So things that we've been working on is um, with trusting my ability, I'll often, rather than if I bowl a bad ball, I'll go to 70% rather than resetting, removing the handbrake and going at 100% again. So trying to get it right rather than trying to go back and bowl a really good ball that might go wrong again, but you can reset. Um So there's just different themes that come through through talking to the psychologist of where your barriers of performance are. And then if you can practice that in the net. So trusting my ability of bowled a bad ball, but hey, back to your mark and you're going to bowl that ball properly again versus push the ball out to make sure you hit a length that could be at 50 miles an hour rather than 70 miles an hour, say, for example. Um, so yeah, it's really helpful to pick out what those barriers of performance are. And then even just talking through on a podcast, yes, I am a professional cricketer and reinforcing that personally, because it's not something that I'm, I've talked about too much. And it's just even entering on a daily basis, I'm getting used to the fact that I'm a cricketer. So yeah, it's really interesting just picking out what those psychological barriers are. And once you're aware of them, then at least you can deal with them so dealing with that imposter syndrome and dealing with that trusting of your own ability what what are companies that help you outside of the game and and of course back into the game as well but what things do you employ to maintain mental health so not necessarily about taking more wickets scoring more runs but just to look after yourself 
Yeah, I think it's so important and has proved so important throughout lockdown how to look after your mental health. Um, one of the things that I try and do is go for a walk every day with the podcast. And I've probably done more um, meditation throughout lockdown, painting I've taken to again, trying to do a jigsaw, and it's just almost resting the brain and trying to find out what those switching off mechanics are. And I think one of the dangers of entering into the sports space is thinking cricket 24-7 and sometimes a day off or two days off to not think about your sport and to listen to a podcast from How to Fail or Fern Cotton or these different avenues just make you recognise there are other things outside of your sport um, and give you motivation in different ways. So, yeah, I think health well-being mental space is something that I really try and focus on um, as it's just so important you should train your brain just as you train your body because it is a muscle and you've got to make sure you look after it mm. and my final thing linked to that is within the environment that you're you're you're, you're now in and looking forward what's your perspective on the ability for for players, staff, everyone involved to be able to support people when things are a struggle, whether that be performance, but perhaps, and not perhaps, definitely, more importantly, just in terms of someone's health and well-being in, in general, what's there which can be a benefit to people to be able to get through those tricky patches? Um, I guess within the professional cricket environment, we're part of the PCA, which is the Professional Cricketers Association, with which help with any health or well-being issues that you've got, um, which is really helpful. But I think from a personal perspective, I really struggled when my father passed away and was working in a career at the time. And I made sure the people closest to me knew what my mental state was. Um, and I think that's really important taking into the coaching environment is to not be afraid to use your voice and tell people that are close to you. You don't need to tell everyone. It's just making sure you've got that one guardian angel that you know is going to support you um, because today's just not a good day. And that doesn't mean that everyone needs to know, but just making sure that you're heard within whatever that might be, whether it's school, your organisation, your cricket team, that will really help you because um, there will be more and more support out there than you'll ever know. Well, I've, I think that's exactly from the perspective that I would 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 like to look at it from, and and hopefully people, as they they've watched, would think what their their own route is to having that someone who's able to to support. And I think what you said there about it doesn't have to be absolutely everyone it could just be that one person who's there which can make such a big difference to us well Phoebe I'd like to say thank you for your time and also for your your, your insights I think that your approach to all of this is so refreshing and that love of the game just comes out in everything that you've said so I really look forward to charting your progress across this season and hopefully with Covid restrictions going away there's opportunities to have people in the grounds again uh, watching your game's going uh, as well as possible. Uh, yeah, so I wish you all the best with that and, and thanks for your time.
Oh, thank you very much. It's been lovely. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Good. Bye. Bye.